0: Welcome to episode 41 of the Surreal Global Fantasy Football Podcast. This week, myself, IB, and You'll Never Walk Alone are delighted to be joined by Colombian Juventus diehard Jose Garcia to discuss his background and finding Surreal, other NFT projects, including NBA Topshop, UV podcasts, projects, and of course, Luna the Dog. So, AJ, it's a, a pleasure to have you on the pod. Welcome.
1: Thank
2: you very much. Nice to be here. Nice to speak with you guys.
1: Yeah, welcome, AJ. I think I'm, I'm missing it. Luna the Dog? Who's Luna the Dog?
0: <laughs> You've not been keeping up on the, on the social media channels, have you?
1: No, I've had, I've had a bit of a, a quieter week uh, for once. That's, uh, all right, well, I won't uh, ask now. I'll wait for it to uh, come naturally. Yeah, go for it, AJ. Yeah,
2: so um, I'm Yuva AJ on Twitter. Uh, Jose is my first name. Um, diehard UFN, diehard Junior de Barranquilla. That's my Colombian team. Uh, we actually play tonight so that'll be fun yeah web developer front-end developer software developer huge nft fan now kind of got into it through socios and then um, through sorare eventually but it's been a, a fun year and a half that i've been on the platform so it's been fun
1: excellent you mentioned their socios uh, i guess that's through the uh, the uva fan token is it
2: yep correct they have a couple fan tokens for different teams uh, i believe psg is on there uh man city a couple of of uh teams that are on so rare also on uh, on socio so they're actually about to release Argentina fan token, which is interesting, their first national team. Although I won't be buying into that, don't worry.
1: Well, if it makes you money.
2: I'll stick to my Colombian uh, my Colombian pride.
1: <laughs> so how do you juggle all these then? Because you said Top Shot, Socios, um, yeah, obviously Serrer. How do you uh, you balance your time between them all?
2: Um, mostly Serrer, Top Shot. Whenever there's a pack drop, I'll, I'll hop in there. I'm kind of holding at the moment. Obviously, the market um, on Top Shot is pretty much down right now although i'm excited for their roadmap and what they're bringing soon they're going to have a mobile game and stuff like that i'm sure they'll bring a lot more utility to the actual moments and then they're going to be burning some of the moments and giving you access to uh, more lucrative uh actual moments which will be fun so and then, so I dabble in it every once in a while. Usually, just doing the they have a what's called the token hunt, which is like Pope, Pokemon Go, but you hunt uh, NFTs and stuff like that. So it's uh it's cool. Nice. It's have you nice. found many
0: in that hunt? Because I know I've been doing that every day for for months, and I've I've got a few extra that way. But mostly just the the socios token there that hopefully will be useful further down the line.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's hard to find the actual team tokens at the moment, although Martina has found some of them. Um, my girlfriend, Martina, uh, she's actually the one who brought me into Sarer, So,
1: In terms of the way you play Top Shot as well, obviously you said you're a, a, heat, fan, a heat fan. Have you been more of a collector there? How have you approached that versus Sorare? Have you been quite Juve and Heat orientated or are you looking at the utility and going, hmm, actually, I need some players that... Uh, you know, might give me a bit more of a balanced uh, collection mm. for when the gameplay arrives.
2: Yeah, so I actually take, I think, pretty different approaches. Top shot, I either open packs or pretty much just buy heat players, just because that's my that's a team that I like and that's a team that I support. And then on Sorare, I tend to focus more on whatever is going to get me through um, the game weeks. While also focusing a little bit on collectors, so some have some number one serials. I have, you know, some players that I that I support uh, personally, like Luis Diaz for Colombia. He plays for Porto. He actually used to play from my team back home, so I'm a I'm a big supporter of him. Hopefully, he makes a move to a bigger club soon.
1: How I be a hibs on the lookout. They could
0: be. I don't quite think we're a bigger team than Porto, though. Let's <laughs> oh. <laughs> just be realistic but yeah he, he is some player and I think he's he's definitely got a move in him doesn't he and so that's quite interesting coming from your your local your home club
2: yeah firm as a level. midfielder
1: card or do you firm as a forward card
2: I actually just made a move to his forward card because I was missing um I was missing a forward for my for my South America Copa America team so
1: uh, so he's featuring this upcoming game week yeah
2: yep I have him in my starting lineup so far unless I make any changes from here until the deadline.
1: He's unique up for
0: auction at the moment. Eight hours to go. Oh, yeah. I didn't realise that one, yeah.
2: Is he a forward or a midfield on there?
1: Forward. That one. Okay.
2: Yeah, I know at some point they switched him over to the forward card which is nice because you have the option to choose either or
1: yeah well you've also got the extra slot as well haven't you so if you have got a more you know conventional one 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 you you and he's your fifth man you know you can slot him in either exactly so
0: is he the the favorite card in your collection then is he something you wouldn't get rid of
2: i don't know because he's one of my favorite cards but i just got rid of his midfield card to buy the forward so i don't think i'll ever get rid of him completely I may trade back and forth, maybe get a a lower serial number or something. I also like my number one, Robbie Robinson. He plays for Inter-Miami. So I'm also an Inter-Miami fan, which is, that's my MLS team, I guess you can say. I was actually at the game two weeks ago against Chicago, and they were so bad. (laughs) Inter-Miami were terrible. (laughs) Yeah, which was disappointing, but it was a full stadium. The atmosphere was awesome. The first live event that I've been to since the whole COVID thing, so... We had a fun time.
1: You've still got more of a, a Colombian spine. Do you, you've got Ospina. You've got Cuadrado. Who, who, is, is that a team that you can field again this week alongside uh, Diaz?
2: Yeah. So I, bu- I bought Ospina right after their first game of uh, World Cup qualifiers. I just added him. And then there's some rumors that he might leave Napoli and go to, to a place where he'll actually start. Then I have Luis Diaz as my forward. And then I'm using Brazilian defenders Alexandro and Danilo representing Juventus there in the squad. So
1: very nice.
2: Yep. And then I'll have Mateus Uribe. He's also a Porto player, plays with Luis Diaz. And he's Colombian. He's he's right there in the spine of of the Colombian team, so
1: excellent. And how are you hopeful of uh, Colombia uh, performing well in the Copa America itself? Uh, how, I haven't seen your exact group. Who's in? Who's in the group alongside you?
2: Um, I always have hope. Hope is the last thing that you lose, right? But um, <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be difficult. So we play Ecuador, then Venezuela, then Peru, Brazil. Um, that's pretty much our Copa America group. So I'm hoping to get at least. Uh, victories against Venezuela and Peru, maybe a tie against Ecuador, and then it's going to be really difficult to beat Brazil, especially since they're hosting the tournament. But
1: you never know. How many progress from the group?
2: Uh, four out of five, so <laughs> we should go through.
1: <laughs> oh, you got as much chance of going through Scotland as them.
2: Yeah, exactly. The 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 actual format is crazy. There used to be more more teams. Uh, usually, there's two two teams that come in as invites. Uh, but obviously this year it's going to be difficult to get teams from other um, continents to come in. So just the 10 South American teams this time.
0: Nice. nice. And just something you, you touched on on there about possibly trading that Diaz card down for that lower serial because that's not something... I've heard anyone talk about before. And I know it's obviously that's a major part of NBA Top Shot and getting Mm -hmm. those low serial numbers. Is that something you think comes into Serie more in the future?
2: Yeah, so actually my prized possession right now on Top Shot is not a Miami Heat card. It's a Kevin Durant season two uh, limited editions over 70. uh, I think it's 7,500 minted. I have his jersey number seven number so that's my prize possession I got it in a pack back when I was when I got wow yeah I remember I I I think I messaged you on Twitter asking about it and a couple days later I just I got into it and I opened a bunch of packs back before you can buy pretty much unlimited they would never run out and I packed him which was crazy so that's my that's my price possession on Top Shot, his jersey number. On Surrear, I've been I've been seeing that a lot of people have been trying to even just trade, you know, the same card for maybe a, a 45-0 number for a number one or a jersey number. But that's something that I take into into consideration, at least on my end, kind of the rarity and the scarcity of the card, uh, more and more so as we go into the future. And I think we've, you know, we've been seeing those lower number serials, at least the number one and the and the jersey numbers they've been going way over uh the actual you know the floor of the actual players so i think it's something that once a lot of you know actual nft collectors and not just um those who want to play the so5 fantasy game i think those will raise in value a lot interesting yeah i think
1: think definitely on the nba i mean i haven't looked at that app for a a while now but i think uh The ones that are holding their value are are certainly the ones, as you said, have an association to the shirt number or very low serial. I still haven't quite figured out why there seems to be such a large premium between going from like, say, number six to number four or number four to number three if there's no shirt number involved. But it is fascinating to watch, yeah, the premiums that people are prepared to pay just to get that slightly lower number on mm-hmm. on, on, on the serials though But yeah, once you've got the shirt number, that's pretty much it. Shirt number and number one. And if anyone ev- ever wants that moment, you know you're going to get approached uh, by, by by collectors.
2: Yeah, I actually, back when it was the peak of NBA Top Shot, somebody offered me 60000 dollars for that Kevin Durant but I decided to hold not bad so. for a
1: pack not bad for a, for a pack isn't it?
2: <laughs> not bad yeah not bad for a nine dollar pack so <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was a nine dollar pack as well wow okay yeah that's awesome, and you said there's a mobile game coming out. Um, I know that when I mean, they've they've flirted with you know utility, and I think people are just obviously all crying out for something to do with these cards. Is there any time frame on that? So is that? Uh...
2: Uh, I don't think there's a time frame at the moment. I know they're going through beta testing. I think they were specifically looking for people who weren't yet on the Topshop platform, just so they can get you know unbiased opinions of the actual game. But every every so often, when they go through their Q and A. They'll mention it. You know, it's in progress. No, no release date as of yet. So, that's something to look out for, though.
1: And do you know if it's going to be like fantasy related, similar to how we play, you know, SO Five at Sorare, or is it going to be more of a mobile, you know, click and tap app?
2: Yeah, I think it's uh, it's mostly just like a mobile game. I don't think it's a fantasy. I know there are some third party platforms out there that are doing fantasy games with the with the moments, but no, no official fantasy game yet, at least not on the Top Shot side the the mobile app i think it's going to be more like a, a like a storyboard kind of game where you can use your moments to
1: level up your character and stuff like that so oh, that would be cool yeah interesting and rest and see how that develops and just jumping back to Socios, cuz you're active in, in in all of these in terms of the fan tokens that you've bought for your team then Juve have you been able to participate in any voting or what have these tokens now allowed you to do as a, as a token holder?
2: I guess the main um, attraction for Socios was that you can you know be influential on the decisions that the team that you support are making. So for example, for the 2020 season, uh, they let token holders vote on what the, the design of the team bus was going to be. So you can vote on that. Uh, then they change the song that plays whenever you score a goal at home. They let you vote on what song they were gonna play and stuff like that. So it's mostly like um, complimentary stuff to the team. Obviously, they're not gonna let you vote. Oh, do you want to sign Paul Pogba or do you want to sign? <laughs> eh, I don't know, Mbappe. It's Like, yeah, those those will leave the, those decisions will leave to the to management. But um, it's also cool that you you know you kind of have a little influence on on um, what the team is doing. I know for another team, they actually uh, users were able to vote on the jersey uh, design for one of the seasons, which is pretty cool. Because I know a lot of times, you know, fans come out saying, oh, the, the jersey this year is, is ugly. And then some other people come out with awesome concepts that people prefer. But I think socios is is moving in a cool direction in that way that you can interact with your team uh, on a more personal level.
1: Yeah, perfect. And then uh, let's uh, let's let's return back to Sorella and saying, obviously, Martina couldn't be with us today. How's the, uh, the heads up between you two? Who's uh, who's got the bragging rights?
2: Well, it's funny because she actually found Surer and made a YouTube video
1: about it back in
2: February of last year, I believe. And then I kind of got into it. I started started buying players and she kind of forgot about it for a little bit. Um, She had some players, but not that many. She would just go into the global D4 division.
1: This is when she said she was giving you a head start, is that right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And then I just started buying, buying, buying. And then uh, about what, like a year ago or something, she started you know, she realized, oh, OK, this is actually becoming something great, started buying players. And now she asked me to to send her some players sometimes. And I'm like, no, 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 no. OK, if you want to do something, we're going to have to make a fair trade because I'm not just going to start giving away my players.
1: Nathan, <laughs> yes, Do you find yourself both having similar strategies to the way you build your collections or do you have uh, quite a difference of opinions, let's say, when it comes to uh, team selection or, or, or the value of players?
2: Not really. I think we're we're where a, a lot of the time we're on the same page. I try to to let her create her own lineups just because I don't want to be influential. You know, if if somebody that I pick uh, does poorly, then she's going to be like, oh, you know, I should have gone with with my choice. I like how you I, said
0: there you try to. Um, yeah. yeah. The, it doesn't always happen and you just pick them.
2: Yeah, sometimes I I, I, I get carried away and I want to influence a little bit. <laughs> Uh, just to make sure that she's picking the right lineup because, you know, I follow more on, on the lesser known leagues and she follows more the, you know, the Serie A, Uwe, and stuff like that. But I, I tell her, you know, you have to put King Vanneken in your lineup. Even if he's doing poorly, you never know. He's going to score three goals one game. You have to, he has to be your captain.
0: That's a wise advice. That certainly is. <laughs> so who who's performed better without me going and looking at Surrey data? who's who's doing better out of the the two of you
2: Eh, i would think i would do better just because i i also go into more (laughs) tournaments than her so
0: oh next week when we we have martina on it's going to be an interesting (laughs) conversation
2: i'm sure she'll have something to say about it
0: i'm sure she will so you guys are obviously big football fans on lots of different platforms socios serere top shot you also do a couple of podcasts as well one centered around Juve, the Juve the show. And then you've also got the the Martin and AJ show. So can you tell us a bit more about those?
2: Yeah, so the Juve show and the Martin and AJ show, they're kind of the same thing. It used to it used to have a different name um before um we started it i believe at the start of the 2020 season we did a couple episodes but then you know life hits life life hits fast and we kind of had to put it on pause for a while but it was mostly just focusing on juventus just how you know transfer market how the season was going but we're looking to start that start that back up soon so be on the lookout
1: now about wanting to uh, draw too much attention you you guys let's put it this way you've had a fantastic decade but that obviously the uh, winning run came to a halt this season with uh, Inter Milan lifting the, the Serie A. As a, a die-hard Juve fan, what do you think needs to change within the club or what signings do you think need to be made now for you to get back on top of the perch?
2: So with Conte leaving Inter, I think Inter are not going to do as well as they did this year. Uh, also, they're, they're having financial troubles. So they're gonna to have to sell some players. Uh, supposedly Hakimi is going um, either to PSG or Chelsea is also in the race, so that's gonna be a big blow for them. But on on U.S. side, you know, we just we just sacked Pirlo. It was a controversial signing to to onboard Pirlo as his first ever team coaching, and he didn't do poorly. I mean, he won the Copa, he won the Super Copa, he qualified for Champions League. But you could always see in the team. There was always some lapse of concentration, especially against you know the the lesser team, so to say, in the league. We dropped way too many points. I think getting that concentration back, getting that, you know, the the fire in the players' bellies is, is gonna be a huge. And with Max Alegri, uh, we just signed him. Uh, to be our coach again, his you know his winning run during his first stint at Juve was ridiculous. Uh, five Scudetto in a row, two Copas, two Champions League finals. You know he he's he's a proven winner. He knows how to get the best out of the team, even if there's not any superstars. So if Cristiano leaves, which is also being rumored, I think I think we'll be back on top this year.
1: Just a temporary blip, then, yeah.
2: Yeah, that that's at least that's what I'm hoping. So I was going to and ask
1: you- that. There's
0: always rumors of Ronaldo. Moving on, and there's lots of rumors of other players coming in, Depay, Locatelli, various other players are, are being linked quite strongly with the UVA this year. What do you mm-hmm. see happening in the transfer market? Do you think Ronaldo does leave? Who comes in?
2: Um, I think first and foremost, we need to make major signings in the midfield because that was the area of the, of the pitch that last year was was just really poor. Uh, we're supposedly we're we're pretty close to signing Locatelli he wants to come to Juve And Sassuolo are asking 40 million Juve are trying to include some youngsters in the deal to lower that price so that would be a great signing for Juve he's he's young he's you know he's he's done well in Serie A he obviously doesn't have that european uh, competition experience but with the right players around him i think it would he would he would adapt quickly he's got a and, beautiful last L5 yeah 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 hopefully he comes to you and, and and we get him in the in the tournament eh?
1: right i'm just pressing follow there we go done <laughs> he's, he's got 333 followers not sure if that's good or bad but uh, yeah he seems to be pretty popular i think yeah. a lot
0: of them will have came from from football index he was certainly a, a popular player there for milan Absolutely. before he, he made that move to Sassoulo. yeah i never
2: played football index but i've heard some not so great things about it
0: no, no, definitely not. Less said, the better. But he was definitely one of the the popular. Um, a lot of young, like we see on Surrey, people look for those next stars, those up and coming players, people, players that have potential are on wonder kid lists and that kind of thing. And I, I think Locatelli has potentially been on a, a few of these players to to watch out for. Has has a decent pedigree at Italy youth teams as well. So
2: yeah, he actually started um at Milan and then. He never really broke out as, as you know, a, a young prospect, like a superstar prospect, like we see Jude Bellingham or, you know, the Mbappes in the Highlands of the world. But as Asuolo, he's, he's really stepped up. He's on the radar of pretty much a lot of the big teams. So.
0: And Mark now as well. He'll be keeping
1: an eye on that Serie card coming up, as will the other 330 managers. <laughs> so, uh, well, <laughs> I don't think any any major player getting a transfer to Juventus is going to go under the radar. You're not going to suddenly be at auction by yourself with him, are you? <laughs> oh, no.
0: Yeah. You
1: don't Especially get that with, now with anyone. Bundles. Yeah, you just don't get that with anyone nowadays.
0: doesn't matter how obscure the player is. There's, there's always someone watching and waiting isn't there so so other than Locatelli coming in who else do you see moving in or out yeah
2: I think the only other big name we could get is if Cristiano leaves so if if Ronaldo ends up going uh, back to Man U or if he goes to PSG if he goes to PSG they're talking about an Icardi swap so that would fertilize the front line and Man U it's been talked for a while now that Pogba wants to come back to to Juventus. So those are the two big names that I think would be able to come. come have to you signed Murata
1: also for another season? Is that fixed?
2: Yes, uh, supposedly it's official. Nothing. Um, the club hasn't mentioned anything yet, but uh, the at least the Italian, the known journalists have have said that he's going to sign on another 10 million dollar loan. So or 10 million euro loan.
1: That's right. Well, I guess you said at the beginning, it's, it's more about, you know, who's got the money and you're going to, there's going to need to be a big move from someone to somewhere to, uh, to free up money that can then float around from, from club to club. I mean, I, I had a question on, the, on the Sera side as well. Let's say Cristiano does go. I mean, we've had him on the platform now for two seasons. So there's been two seasons worth of his cards in circulation. Mm-hmm. If he moves on back to Man United or wherever he happens to go next, how do you feel he'll be remembered at Juventus? And in terms of the long-term collectability of rare cards, how does having a a Juventus Ronaldo rank? Do you think uh, in amongst uh, the cards that we've all got to all got the ability to collect from these days?
2: I think it would depend on on where he goes. So if he goes back to Manchester United, I think his well, I guess he wouldn't have a rare card at Manchester United. A, unless we unless rare gets United on there, so if he ends up with a United uh, card through a move to United, and then you know obviously Serrare onboarding them, I think that card would go for a lot more than the Juventus one, as in terms of collectability, collectability at least, just because you know pretty much that's where he started his career after Sporting. He's a club legend there, obviously. It won the Champions League there. That's that's something that he's missing from from uh, his time at Juventus is lifting that that Champions League. So in terms of that way, you know, I think his his United card would have more. But if he goes to PSG, I think it would be you know almost the same as as the Juventus card.
1: Plus the Juventus card's always got the uh, the the fact that it's the first off the Ronaldo's. So exactly you know, there's, there's the season nineteen twenty when he first come onto the platform, you know. It was by far the biggest name, you know. Exactly,
2: yeah, so rare debut.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Atletico Madrid was maybe a couple of weeks before Juventus, mm-hmm. but you know, as soon as Juventus hit, it was it was all about Ronaldo at that time.
2: Exactly, and there were there weren't that many, you know, like superstars at the time that that uh, that Juventus joined the platform. So he was definitely one of the biggest names on it.
1: Yeah, as you said, maybe the. Uh, the Champions League is this the deciding one? Unless he goes to PSG and with PSG, PSG finally end up winning the big prize. But we—I was with—I uh, was just chatting in a side group this afternoon with some guys after Wijnaldum signed for PSG today, or officially mm-hmm. signed. Their wage bill is just astronomical. Ooh. I mean, they've got—they've got near—they've got, near, near got twenty to twenty-five players that are on first-team salaries, and they're mm-hmm. still talking about bringing over Donnarumma. And yeah, there's still obviously the rumors with Ronaldo and I'm sure they're linked to many others as well. Yeah,
2: and I think that's one of the biggest uh, critiques on, on UEFA, you know, they're not really putting their foot down and saying, okay, you actually have to you know, play fair and, and follow the financial fair play guidelines. I mean, you have Neymar who just renewed his contract. He's on a huge salary. You have Mbappe who's still yet to renew and I'm sure he's going to ask for a pay raise. Um, if you bring in Donnarumma, That's. I think he was asking for twelve million a season or ten plus bonuses, and then he just signed Wijnaldum for I think nine or ten,
1: and then plus all the other players that you already have. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Maybe they'll be able to win the French league finally. (laughs) Sorry, Zara, might Lil might not be able to defend off the back of that.
2: How do you feel about um, Wijnaldum leaving Liverpool? Yeah,
1: no, disappointed. I mean, uh, there's still a a story to be told. I think Um, it it sounds like uh, a bit of a Mexican standoff between I think. He wanted probably a slightly longer contract than, than Liverpool were prepared to give, and, and then neither party was able to find any middle ground. So, you know, he's been, you know, certainly a player that's, that's been involved in from Klopp's, you know, early journey to losses, successes. He's been involved in lots of memorable moments, and he will leave the club and be, you know, really well remembered. So, yeah, I'm you know, sure. look, I'm, I'm already looking forward to seeing him in a PSG shirt and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll certainly hope uh, hope the best for him. So, uh, yeah, I, I was gutted that we couldn't keep hold of him a little, a little bit longer. He's got to have life still in him. He's only just turned 30. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, time you bring in, you, can, you know, we can all name great superstars or players that we'd like to have in our club. But uh, you, you can't really replace experience. And it's not as if he's losing his pace or he's lost this or he's lost that. He's 30 years old. He's got at least two to three seasons left him in, at the Premier League at the highest level. And he knows the club. He knows his teammates. And just because you buy someone for a big amount of money in July or August doesn't mean to say they're going to suddenly hit the ground running in September, whoever they are.
2: Yeah, especially if they're moving from a different league. You know, we've seen it time and time again. Players come into new leagues and it, it, they struggle to to adapt.
1: Yeah, and I think Genie's uh, set to have a, a great Euros. I mean, I know a lot of people are saying that De Boer's not getting Holland playing the, the attractive football that uh, they'd like them to see. But you know, I think Genie and he plays a little bit more advanced for for Holland. You know, just behind De Pay. You know, there's definitely goals there. And, uh, yeah, look, I'm sure there'll be many headlines over the course of next season when, you know, Liverpool have lost a game and PSG have won convincingly. And everyone will be drawing the old, why did we sell him? Uh, why did we let him run his, run his contract down? But, hey, that's football.
2: Yeah. I know pace Depay, price has been pretty high recently since the rumours that he's going to Barcelona or even to Juve in the in the in the last few days. If he does go to Barca, he's not he's no longer gonna he's not gonna have any new cards. Huh?
1: Yeah, not not immediately. You know, maybe Barcelona at some point next season will be bought on. But I think yeah, a lot of the players like Depay that you mentioned there that are heavily rumored to be going to another club. Uh, you know, my mindset is that if Depay was at Barcelona and Barcelona on a platform, how much would that card cost me? Okay, mm-hmm. if Depay was at Juventus and his Juventus card came out. How much would it cost me? And then you can sort of like go, okay, right, well you know, I sold one this week for 0.85. Probably if he goes to Barcelona, I would imagine for the first couple of months, you probably won't get one for under one ETH. Be round about one ETH, I would expect, if he's a starting player for Barcelona. Maybe if he went to Juventus, yeah, three quarters of an ETH, you know, maybe top mm-hmm. up, to, up to one ETH. Uh, you'd have to obviously buy him in a bundle. Yeah, I felt that was a fair price. I didn't think, you know, there's, there's obviously downside to any player if they get injured, but I can't see him going much beyond one and a quarter, one and a half, even if he is at one of the best teams in, in Europe.
2: I agree. Well, even uh, yesterday, one sold for 0.95. So,
1: yeah, yeah, true. You can but already sell him
2: for a big profit.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, but I think as well, when you look at players like that, I mean, how many cards has he got in circulation? Let's say you've got a card that's got 100 people in circulation. What you're finding now is this, I, I think there's people less and less flippers on the market mm-hmm. people are buying cards they're certainly buying what for me appears to be champion europe cards in advance of next season not because they want to buy it now and then sell it it's because they want to buy it and make sure they've got one of these cards to use it when, yeah. the, new, when the new season comes about so even if there's a card that's only got 60 or 70 uh, rares in circulation for every time you see one get bought, like this week, as you say, you're seeing two, a couple of DePais being bought. You know that's two more that are being sucked up in supply, and you'll probably know it better than me, in uh, better than us, in uh, in Top Shots. People are people are buying, and everyone's got diamond hands in Top Shot. You know you've got mm-hmm. one of the the top uh, moments or top players. It's more about the floor being raised in terms of prices. It's not. I'm buying that for $200 because i want to flip it for $300. Yeah,
2: for sure. And I think we saw a lot of that uh, right before the MLS season started. A lot of people were grabbing those MLS cards to make sure that they had them uh, before the season started. And in the two or three weeks prior to, to the MLS, there was a huge surge in prices for those cards.
1: Yeah. And then when the first auctions of the new season come out, you just never know. Um, mm-hmm. You know, every every week you're we're getting newer managers to the platform, you know, and I think it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't. I'd rather have a card in my collection. And even if I think oh, maybe I've overpaid by 10% or 20%, rather than waiting for auction time to come around again. And all of a sudden you've got somebody comes in with an unlimited wallet who might be a fan of that particular club, but just hadn't heard of Sorare last season or the season before. And you just come up against a juggernaut and you're like, well, I should have just bought it a couple of months ago when there was one on the market in the summer.
2: Yeah. Every once in a while, a whale comes in and starts buying everything. We've seen it. We've seen it happen. Mr. Karapu.
0: Quite a few now, isn't there? There's lots of of new names.
1: Yeah, it works. It works in phases. And I think, you know, I think a year ago people would come in and there'd be more of a scattergun approach. You'd be like, right, I've I've discovered the game. Right. Here's my ether. I'm going to commit to it. And I buy whatever I can based on what I can see at the moment. Whereas mm-hmm. I see a little bit more of a calculated approach now. People coming in, probably asking a lot more questions. There's a lot more great community content out there for people to digest before they mm-hmm. go about spending for the very first time. And I think people have a more focused approach now. You know, we've got the calendars, so we can look forward to you know what games are coming up, what tournaments do I you know, uh, do I need to have players that represent from, yeah, I, I think people are, are more considered with their approach now, and okay, right, I can either come in today, and I can, you know, I'll have to spend aggressively to build myself a Euros team, or a Copper America team for the next few weeks, you know, Korea's yeah. on, a, on a holiday, you know, Japan's on holiday, MLS has got a break soon, mm, okay, well, you know, let me pick, you know, which region, or, or, or which yeah, tournament I'm going to build to uh, compete in and and you know we're already middle of June it's not going to be long before you know Jupiter League starts up again which is end of July then we're gonna have all of the big boys from from Europe starting again so you know it's uh, I think at the moment we're still quite fortunate that there hasn't been a major marketing push yet by the company because I think when there is a major marketing push mm-hmm. all of a sudden we're gonna we're gonna notice again that one unique 10 super rares and 100 rares. Is is just not enough for the amount of people that want to play the game. So even yep. if it is a tier two or tier three rare, it's like, do you really want to flip it for zero point zero one or zero point zero two, or do exactly. you want to try, and, or do you want to hold on for when the next generation of users joins the platform and they might be looking at a tier two, tier three rare, going, that's a pretty good card. I can't get my hands on anything else.
2: I agree, and I think they're planning for that as well. We've we've seen that, you know, they're they're planning to come out with a new scarcity, different tournaments to actually play in depending on what cards you have which will be good for you know for new managers that are coming into the platform as well as older managers who want to you know take advantage of those other tournaments as well
0: definitely i think that in the last week we've just seen the users with one card or more tick over the the 20, 000 mark for the first time ever and i think back in february that was only around five thousand. so we've mm-hmm. seen a huge increase in a, a very short period of time, but take that compared to the, the increase you saw on NBA Top Shot when they started to to do a bit more marketing. That went off the scale, didn't it? And I think that could certainly happen on Surier with the, the right set of events, with the, the new scarcity model in and a, a couple of other iterations that are coming down the pipeline. Yeah, as you say, Mark, just th- those 110 and, and 1 cards don't look a, an awful lot, especially on the the elite players that everyone's going to want to have so we're talking about a Depay moving to potentially Barcelona or UVA or another big club and only, there only being a couple of hundred cards available or less than a hundred in, in some players' cases available for these stars and you've got 20,000 managers plus potentially wanting to, to get involved and, and own them so I think you're, you're right, it's going to be harder to actually tease some of these players off people. Yes, the there's managers who are wanting to, to play this game and, and flip players, but I don't think that happens as much at that top level. The, the elite star cards, they're not getting flipped. People are, are holding them, knowing the value of them, knowing what they can return for them in the SO5 tournaments. And it might not be today, as you said, Mark, it might be looking ahead and planning ahead for next season when the new European champion cards come on you want to be in those first pools and be competing in the, those first weeks for the the new cards and i think we're 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 going to need that that new scarcity at some point to enable all of that to, to come together.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, i think the new scarcity will be a big push in in new users on the platform because not every, you know, not everybody can afford 500 or 1000 euro teams just to buy into the actual platform once those once the buy-in to actually compete lowers a little bit with the new scarcity i think it will it will shoot it will shoot up the number of users because i I think we just hit a twenty thousand with at least one rare card yeah which is crazy
0: exactly yeah so i think you bring that in it enables some of these users to come in on a lower budget but also to to build into the existing Mm -hmm. ecosystem and so i don't know if you had an an extra couple of divisions that allowed you to to say coming with this new scarcity so a division that's five cards of the new scarcity at the, the lowest division and the ability to to win some rares, some tier twos and tier threes within that. And then maybe a, a division five where you've got a, a mixture of rares and the, the new scarcity in there. And that allows people to have this natural progression. And we've obviously got the, the talk of the, the progress bar uh, approach as well. So you've got that element of being able to, to build up the rewards within that yeah. structure. But also be, to actually be able to compete and to enjoy using these those players and, and play with them on a, a game week.
2: Yeah. I'm excited for that that you can you know wait until you claim your prize to try and get a better prize. That'll be that would be fun, especially for you know the managers that are that don't have the strongest teams. Instead of you know if if they're lucky enough to get a an actual card prize instead of you know settling for a D3 or a, a tier three they can build that up and try and go for. It.
1: A higher rated so that'd be cool
0: yeah exactly excited to see what that eventually looks like i'm sure we'll see more on that soon
1: mm-hmm. on the marketing side for, for socios again i'm curious to know is there anything that you've seen there that you think could be successful for sorer as well how have they gone about increasing the market share and, and attracting more fans
2: well i think mostly with um with socios they've done a lot of marketing um in stadiums so they always have their, on the ad boards around the, around the pitch, they always have those, those ads around there. They have them on, the, on the, uh, the background when they're doing, the players are doing interviews and stuff like that. So they're getting a lot of eye attention and then also a lot of interacting uh, on social media with, with teams and their you know, their fans and giveaways and stuff like that so all of that where you actually you're actually interacting with your with your customers so to speak um, with your you know the people that are on your platform all of that i think you know pushes uh, more and more people onto the platform so that's something socials can look towards
0: yeah definitely definitely and i think also just having them so obviously the the visibility of the tokens you can see the PSG fan token on Binance and so people mm-hmm. who are, are in the crypto space are then getting visibility of this PSG coin they're aware of the football club and then allows them to, to go and delve into that a bit more look into to Chili's and and what what Socios is all about so I think you're getting as a, the advertisement as you said from the fans who are, are football passionate fans mm. tied to these clubs but then you're also getting in a whole bunch of people who are coming in because they want to, to own the tokens and I know we see it and you see it in the discord channels you see it on the Telegram for Air there's lots of people who come into this and like, where can I buy the Serer token? And Mm -hmm. people are are desperate to to buy tokens, So I think that does certainly go in their favor as well to getting getting the eyes on it there.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think also a lot of people, for example, going back to that football index uh, thing, a lot of people who are on that platform are very skeptical as what I've seen on Twitter are very skeptical of, you know, the same thing happening with Serer. But I guess they just need, you know, more information and to get more knowledge on what Sorare actually is, you know, the the structure of the actual company itself. And then once those doubts kind of go away, you see a lot of those people jumping onto the platform and starting to invest on Sorare as well.
0: I think so. Yeah. I think skepticism is always healthy. And say just a little bit of context, Football Index had been going for over five years. They had advertising you know on with, with Nasdaq as a, a partner they had you know contracts with Nasdaq to, to build new tech they were in the, the financial times as number 2 behind I think it was like Revolut um, as a one of the upcoming um, tech companies and so it looked very above board there was no reason to necessarily doubt this and I think that will obviously play into people's minds as well but it's a very different prospect they're night and day they shouldn't be getting compared but I think just in general it's healthy to have some skepticism within Mm -hmm. anything that you do but also, you need to be in control of your, your finances, what you're doing, not over you know, not spending money that you can't can't afford to. Looking exactly. At, looking at these from a personal risk perspective, and we all have completely different outlooks there, don't we? Uh, depending on our, our circumstances, our, our backgrounds, what, whatever. So I think it's it's very personal to everyone. But yep, you I agree. Need to, to play it safe and and not go, you know, not get too much FOMO and, and follow the hype. You yeah, can see that, I think enjoy the a, game.
2: It's a it's a big I don't want to say issue, but it's something that we can see a lot right now with NFTs in general. People are just, you know, putting all their money into it thinking they're going to make a quick buck. And then maybe there's no real actual structure behind the NFT that they're investing in and then it crashes or whatever. But there's a lot of hype around, you know, NFTs that don't really have much utility. They don't really have a plan behind them. It's just a quick, you know, cash grab from the creators. I think everybody just needs to do their own research and you know before actually just throwing a bunch of money into it everybody needs to you know know exactly what you can invest what money you're prepared to lose if it does fail and then you know go from there
1: yeah well we had uh, on on the Whilst we, you know, we're, today we're covering quite a broad range of different NFT projects. One that came up on my timeline that a few people were chatting about last week was this uh, Zilika. I don't know if that's the right pronunciation. Don't know if you guys saw that one. Z I L L I Q A. Yeah. So
0: that's um, the currency, isn't it? Built on that platform, is it? Or is that the. Yeah.
1: This is the one that they did uh, 10 different uh, football stars and they had these like uh, boxes of. You know various different nft goodies inside the box i think you got a signed card you got you know a couple of uh, gifts or videos um a welcome message from from the player itself and yeah i've still yet to get my head into it i got drawn to it because diego jota was one of the 10 so i was curious to take a look and uh, a little bit more but there was there was nothing there that really compelled me to say yeah okay this is worth owning or you know mm-hmm. what do i do what, what do i do with it once i've owned and I've still yet to meet anyone that has actually bought one. So um, obviously, so you, know, you were
0: around in the earlier early days when it was still on Discord, and it
1: doesn't didn't look anything like it, it did today. What was the difference, and what made you think? Well, I think that I think the difference is that the the game came first. Um okay. The the cards were almost like you know we could we could have played with invisible cards. That wouldn't have been the problem back then. The fact is that the 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 early decisions were about how to make a game that people would want to play. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the premise of it being five aside, simple simple up. okay, right. One goalie, one defender, one midfielder, one forward, nice and easy, everyone can remember that and then you get a bonus fifth player. It wasn't that we've got these cards, what should we do with them? It was, here is the game, how can we improve the game? And the cards are coming, don't worry about that. We're going to sign up new clubs, we're going to sign up new leagues and there'll be all sorts of cards that you can pick and choose to play with. But, you know, let's get the fundamentals of the game correct, first of all. And and then as I say, it just so happened, you know, NFTs could have been physical cards that we got sent in the post. Doesn't really matter. It was more about, you know, getting the game right, first of all. When I look at the Zelika, I was like, Yeah, okay, go backwards, look at the look at the fact that it's a coin. But, you know, what is it? You know, these are obviously all great licensed players fantastic uh to look what at am them. i going to
0: do with it and yeah. where what are other people going to, to view mm-hmm. this as but then yeah. with
1: that said crypto another crypto punk sold, sold the sotheby's this afternoon for 11.8 million dollars
2: <laughs> yeah i saw that the the famous pranksy was bidding i think 2 million and then out of nowhere somebody just upped it up to 10 or 11 which was crazy <laughs> but <laughs>
0: okay the world we live in isn't it
1: yeah it's crazy there's there's hope for my Taiwo e first season yet.
2: Well now there's uh... There's just so many now. There's the Z Run with the the horses where you race them. I Man, think the graphics
1: like that. look impressive on that. Every time I see an advert for it, I, I like the look of it. I think, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're good. And I've seen. I mean, the horses have been for sale on Open Sea for again a couple of years now. They're not new. They're, you know, the first generation horses and must be at least two years old now. I'd say.
2: I think they have breeding as well and a bunch of stuff. But I think they're they're releasing new horses sometime this week because I've seen a lot of people, for example, with the the board apes, the board apes. Yeah yacht club or whatever yeah yeah a lot of people have been selling now to get into the the zed run uh drop that they're releasing soon it's just whatever people want to get there's lots of like...
1: these aren't they? the board eight ones came out look great and then was it two days later me bits came out yeah and then they look great and then all of a sudden last week the floor starts going up on board Eight. yeah what 0.6 0.81 1.2 it's like where where does this come from? I mean, is the are these just not giant games of musical chairs? And when the music stops, then you know exactly. Yeah, I, I prefer
0: the security of having utility in these cards. So talk about you can go and buy a card today. It might cost me me five hundred pounds. Tomorrow, maybe the the most I could get for that is three hundred and fifty pounds. But I can use that card potentially for, for 10 years, depending on the, the age of that, that player. And we all know now mm-hmm. I go for the, the the younger types, don't I? So that yeah. gives me that confidence. That I'm buying these players. It doesn't really matter what their, their price is today. It's more about what can I get from them. And it might not be returning me their value today, tomorrow, next week. It's over a longer period of time. And yeah, I think you have to factor that in. I seen somebody tweet the other day there, I, I bought this player it was a, a big purchase for them, but they calculate it out. So if I own this player until he retires, it's gonna cost me forty two pounds, thirty seven pence per year. Do you know he'd worked it out that way and do you know in his head that's then value because they can utilize that player every year within this SO5 game and get enjoyment out of the game and also stand to, to win some rewards back in doing so. So I think that needs to, to come into some of the, the thought process as well. And I yeah. think we
1: will get there with the, the cards. I mean, Cherky is one that uh, obviously a lot of people want to come and buy, and I, you know, once you've got one in your portfolio, I don't think you, you're you likely to want to sell it. Uh, and again, I'll draw a comparison to Top Shot. I mean, when you know, LeBron James is one of the bigger names was taking off. You could go and approach multiple owners of LeBron James and they'd all turn around and say, not for sale, not for sale, Mm -hmm. not for sale. We haven't quite got there yet with Sarah, but I'm sure there will come a time in the not too distant future where certain players, you you will go to approach every single manager and every single manager will say, nope not for sale yeah and then eventually it already crack-
0: happens on pedraza yeah. <laughs> i think
2: it's especially because i mean on on top shot you have the i think the lowest or whatever for the common cards the lowest limited edition for the season two was 7500 which is a lot but now you know on, on surveyor you have max 100 per season if they even get there for the rares. So it's yeah i mean not you that have to go right but
1: you have to go back to day one on on NBA top shot to look at the holos. That, exactly is it, what, what is it 29 or 39 and even then that's like that's still three to four times what we have, what we have in Super Rares. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah the the scarcity still hasn't really kicked in yet but and I think it's because we're all we're all fortunate enough that if there's somebody that you really want enough okay as long as you've got the budget for it there should at the moment always pretty much be a seller for that card mm-hmm. we've not got we've not got to the stage I mean you know you joke there on a short print there a high B, but. Yeah, other than a few short prints here and there, any card that's you know in regular circulation on a, on most given days, you could probably prize it off another manager with 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 a fair offer. Whereas yeah. I'd like to think we're not too far away from that not happening on some of the some of the bigger name cards. Yeah,
0: I agree. I think so. Yeah, Exactly. So then, what about Euro, the Euros? Then I think to cap us off, that's what we should probably end on Euro All twenty right. twenty or twenty one. I don't know what to refer to it, really. It's a bit strange.
2: Yeah, I think they never really changed the name. They're just saying 2020, but it's not in 2020.
0: So, <laughs> so obviously, Colombia are, are not in the Euros. So who are, right. who are you supporting? It's Martina got you. Firmly supporting Italy. Yep.
1: And I, I won't yep. have anyone saying that there's not high-quality content coming out of this uh, podcast this week. <laughs> Colombia are definitely not in the Euros. Yes. Definitely not. First. <laughs> and she had to check the, the, what, the global map behind me just to make sure <laughs> <there>. <laughs>
2: Yeah, definitely going with Italy. Who do I think will win? Probably France. I mean, that team is ridiculously stacked.
0: Already it's rumblings coming out about some Mbappe and Giroud not getting on, Mbappe not passing to them. And is that gonna fall apart before it starts? Eh. Often happens to a French team or or the dutch normally
2: (laughs) i don't know the dutch aren't very strong this year their manager i just i don't like the boy at all he was terrible when he was here in in the mls at atlanta england are strong
1: now you're giving them too high praise i'm afraid
2: i think they bottle it regardless but yeah i mean their their team is individually at least their players are are good italy has a young team they may make a run but i think belgium will stop
1: them Who's the dark know. horse? I mean, we've had you know winners in the past—Denmark, mm-hmm. Greece coming out of nowhere. Is there anyone that's uh, you know? You know you could, it's pretty hard to even get knocked out in a group stage. So uh, you know, take <laughs> it that take it that your team's going to definitely progress to the next rounds, and then you're you're only three games away from the final. True. Hey, Scotland may get there
0: to the final. Hey, you never know.
2: It well, can be on. the dark
0: horse. Nah. <laughs> i don't see it happening to be fair no you know, we'll no i don't know
2: i don't know i think the the big teams are strong this year so i don't i don't see who knows i like turkey turkey has a good team they have they have a good spine which is which is always good for for those dark horse teams
1: yeah it doesn't look as though Quebec even gets in that team there does it
2: uh i don't think so huh? no probably uh, not with uh with demiral and uh, the leicester center back
1: Well, Demiral never plays more than three or four games in a row without getting injured, doesn't he? So I suppose Quebec might have one game in him somewhere. That's
2: true. That's been his big downfall at Juve. He was great, the games that he actually can play. But his injuries are a pain.
1: So Italy
0: starting 11 then. Who do we think?
1: Donnarumma for sure in the goal. God, Merrick can't even get a game internationally, unbelievable. He can't. (laughs) No. I mean...
2: Italy are stacked with goalkeepers.
0: Yes, yeah, Cragno is the third, is he?
2: Cragno. They also have Siriu, which he's he's more veteran, but you know he's still good. He plays yeah. for Torino, Meret, Donnarumma, Buffon. Even though he's forty-three, he can still perform.
1: Yeah, but you've only taken three goalkeepers with you, haven't you? I mean, the, the teams have been announced now, yeah. Yeah,
2: uh, I think it's Donnarumma. Merit and... Kragno, I think. Kragno,
0: yeah. Yeah, I think he got the, the third. Yeah,
2: right back, probably between Florenzi or Di Lorenzo. Center backs, if Bonucci is healthy, I think it'll be Bonucci and Chiellini. And on the left, maybe Spinazzola, maybe Emerson Palmieri from Chelsea, depending on who they're facing. Uh, the midfield, Jorginho, I think, goes for sure. Barella starter for sure. And then that third spot is going to be it's going to be the decider. Either Locatelli, maybe, um, if he wants to go... Well,
1: Pellegrini's been injured today, hasn't he? He's, has he been sent back? Uh, has, yeah, yeah,
2: they replaced They replaced him with another youngster, so I don't think uh, they will start. So it, may, it may just be Locatelli as well. And then the front three will probably be Insigne, mobile and Chiesa. I've been that's trying pretty, to get my hands... a
1: pretty formidable front three.
2: Oh, yeah. I've been trying to get my hands on a Chiesa, but nobody's budging. <laughs>
1: Well, he's got under-23 utility as well, hasn't he? I guess you can have a nice combination with him and Barella.
2: Yeah, I don't know if he if he's eligible for 23 for the next season, but at least for, for the Euros, yes.
1: That's interesting, because there'll be some players that uh, flip over on 1st of July, won't it? So you might have some under-23s that are now valid for the next couple of weeks, but if the country makes it to the latter stages, they might not be eligible for under-23 quarterfinals, semifinals.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, you're okay with Chiesa. He's twenty. He's not 24 till the 25th of October. Okay, not bad get a full year extra out of him.
2: Yeah. I've been trying to trade him for I have an Hen I want to trade, but I would only, I think I would only trade it for actual Chiesa, maybe add a little money, but we'll see. Cuz Osimhen is still 22, so he yes. has that good youngster value.
1: True, but there's a couple of seasons worth of him in circulation, aren't there? Chiesa's yep. this is this is his first season, isn't it? Yep. There's a lot less supply. Yeah.
0: Comes into it definitely well, more and more especially with the Euros, mm-hmm.
1: right? We're going to push you into a corner anyway. For you, go AJ, and ask you, you know, who is going to win it? Then we want, we want to, we want to get a, a definitive out of you. Can Italy go all the way? I mean, I haven't conceded a goal for what ten games or so, has it
2: Yeah, it's been a while, but they've also faced really bad oppositions. <laughs> and I'll go with Italy. Why not?
1: There we go, Mark. They can do it. through your backing? <laughs> Well, I was going to go Colombia until you told me they weren't playing in it. So um, <laughs> I'll have to choose someone else. You know, at the end of the day, Germany always win on penalty So I'll go Germany. I'm
0: going to go with France. Here just LAP in yeah, there. I, I, th- yeah. I think
1: I think we've cut. I, th- I think between us, we've got three of the t- three of the four semi-finalists. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. the other one's there.
2: probably Belgium.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think you can underestimate Lukaku. I mean, he's you know goals win. You know, you can definitely see Lukaku scoring five to seven goals, mm. and that's definitely going to get you into the latter stages of the tournament.
2: I think the biggest question is the going to be healthy it's
1: fine. you've got vanneken yeah, yeah chuck doku on as well
2: true 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 king It'd be funny to
1: see how we're at again on the social media how everyone's cheering on certain goals from players that you just know are in their <laughs> so 5 teams. <laughs> oh yeah players that four years ago you'd never have cheered for and all 100%. of a sudden now you've got them in your collection you put them in your team and it's like right come on assist goal. <laughs> goal contribution yeah that's for sure that's what it's
0: about
2: uh, that's the brilliant thing about career too. Huh? You just you you get sucked into these other leagues that you would you would have never watched
1: otherwise. Do you watch um, uh, any of the J League, K League, and Asia? I know you said you're into Miami, you're into the MLS. Have you uh, uh, also been able to watch on the other side of the of, of the globe and uh, get involved in any of the Asian games?
2: Not Asian. I haven't. I have a couple of uh, of players that that are in the Asian league, but I haven't gotten too much into it i have to do some research on them but um but j league i've been watch. i watched the the playoffs or whatever it is that they do after the actual regular season they were they were showing the games on espn plus which was which was cool so we watched some of those games whenever Genk or uh, or Club Bruges played. So
1: yeah, I say and, and then they're starting up again in July. It's crazy. You know, they you know, I think it's I think it's the last week of July anyway. So uh, there really is there's there's no gaps in the Surrey calendar right now. It is it is unrelenting.
2: Which is great because this time last year we were replaying old tournaments. So
0: well, Jose, it's been a, an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for giving us your, your time today
1: yeah thank you great to, great to hear from you
2: of course man thank you for having me and hopefully we can do this again soon with Martina as well
1: yeah
0: definitely we'll be in touch and we'll get that
1: organised we'll, 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 we'll get the truth as to who's got the bragging rights <laughs> between, this, between the two of you
0: That's it. he's going to stop our listening to this one
1: <laughs> <laughs> or, we, or, or, we, or we could record in the other one and then you know depending on how things go we can edit in the uh, the, the answer that you'd like us to leave
2: yeah exactly <laughs>
1: That sounds good that's it all right
0: so that brings us to the end of today's Soria Global Fantasy Football Podcast I hope you found it useful and as always if you could like, subscribe and leave a review then we can help introduce a fantastic concept to more users see you next time